We're throwing off the filters of tradition and culture to discover what the Bible really says about relationships, relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. Welcome to this episode of Relationship Truth Unfiltered. Hello, Julie Sedanko here. Today, you're in for a special treat. Leslie and one of her amazing coaches, Elise Berryhill. Last month, they came together on Facebook to talk about anger, how to move past angry outbursts by learning what your anger is trying to tell you. So whether you struggle to even admit you're angry or find yourself regularly losing your cool, Elise and Leslie have some practical tools to help you manage this very human emotion. You know, I grew up and, and Elise is closer to my age. We grew up with this idea that either you were sweet, innocent, and helpless, like the Cinderella Snow White character, or you were the ugly witch character. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you got angry, if you expressed mm-hmm. your anger, you moved into the ugly. There was no good anger for a good Christian woman back then. I'm not so sure that's true anymore. Right. But we're going to be talking about anger and what is our anger trying to tell us? Mm -hmm. And before we even get started with what it's trying to tell us, let's just talk about the words that we use to define anger. What what words would you use besides I feel angry? What Mm -hmm. words would you use to describe your feeling of anger? If you felt angry inside, what word would you use depending on the intensity Mm -hmm. of what you felt, whether you felt a little bit of anger, which is a low intensity, or whether you felt a 10 of anger, which is high intensity, Mm -hmm. what word would you use? If you told someone you were frustrated, but you were really, really enraged, it wouldn't be the right word, right? You really want to know the word that you're feeling. So irritated, frustrated, annoyed, tense, overwhelmed, enraged, furious. Sometimes what we really feel if we dug down deep, what's our anger trying to tell us Mm -hmm. is that we're hurt. Mm -hmm. We're hurt that someone upset us or they disappointed us or they betrayed Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And it's coming out as anger. But below all that, if we asked ourselves, what's our anger really trying to tell us? Mm -hmm. It's trying to tell us we're hurt Mm -hmm. or we're grieving. Fuming is another word that we might use to describe Mm -hmm. our anger. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes I'm afraid and therefore something's happening. And so, uh, you know, I'm so afraid of my intensity comes out in anger. Yeah. How many of you believe that if you feel angry, you're bad or you're shaming yourself or there's something wrong with you for feeling angry, like you're being a sinful person? That's an emotion and it's okay. I have that emotion. What is that telling me though? Paul says something really interesting in Ephesians. He says, in your anger, do not sin, right? Right. So he's not saying do not be angry. Now he does, he doesn't, but James says, be slow to become angry. Don't don't let yourself be hot tempered. Proverbs Mm -hmm. says that's not a good quality in your character, but we are going to get angry at things because there's certainly things to get angry about. Mm -hmm. And we're to be slow to be angry, but we do get angry. But There's no sin in getting angry. There's no sin. It's a warning bell, just like there's no sin in getting a headache or a stomach ache. It's a warning bell that something's wrong. Pay attention. Right. It could be that I'm hurt. It could be that I'm over-functioning and I'm getting more and more angry that nobody's appreciating me so much. Right. 
Ooh. It could be I'm really scared. It could be I'm hurt that I had expectations of someone coming through for me and they didn't. And it really makes me mad. What does your anger tell you? If you stopped and paused and said, what is this anger telling me? What is, what is this emotion saying to me? Can mm -hmm. I listen to it instead of just reacting out of it? Mm -hmm. which is pretty easy to do with anger. <laughs> I would get resentful. I would get really angry and resentful. And it was telling me that I was doing more than I should be doing. And I was resenting that everybody wasn't appreciating me like I wanted them to, <laughs> right? Right. I used to say, really, if, if you feel resentful, that's kind of your, you know, kind of the warning track or the red flag that it's time to speak up. And really, mm -hmm. when you feel that uh, resentment, yeah. oftentimes it comes out in anger. So these are different things to notice without beating yourself up. Just like if you notice that you had an itch somewhere or that you had a stomach ache or that you had a headache or something else was off in your body, it would be helpful for you to notice that so that you could take care of yourself. Right. Right. We don't want to just ignore those bodily signals. We want to pay attention. If I, if I notice that I have to go to the bathroom, I'm not going to shame myself about that. I'm going to take care of myself about that. Mm-hmm. Right. I have limited capacity to hold that. Mm -hmm. And so if I notice that I'm full of anger, what do we do with that? It's a red flag to stop and analyze my feelings. And why am I feeling this? Absolutely. When you put your hand on a hot stove and it burns your hand, that's telling you something. Get your hand off the stove. Right. It helps you stay safe. Right. When you're violated, when you're angry, it helps you to get away from the person to get safe. If you didn't have your feelings, you wouldn't be able to protect yourself. You wouldn't be able to, to do what you need to do to get out of there. Let's say I love that we're really talking about this because anger really is that place where so many of us really do shame ourselves or feel bad that I'm angry. You know, that it's somehow it's not ladylike, as you said, <laughs> you know, at the beginning, it's not, you know, to feel angry. But when we're paying attention to it, we really then can begin to explore. And it's that notice piece, you know, it's oftentimes mm -hmm. anger takes over pretty easily, you know, and we begin to react out of anger instead of being able to pause and notice it. And I love how just these questions and what's coming in is basically we're inviting you all to notice what that anger is telling us. Mm -hmm. What is it telling you? Can you slow down? Can you pause? long enough. And I think when we, when our body gets incited with anger, it's pause is a hard thing. Reactivity is the easy thing. <laughs> Let me tell you how angry I am. I want to share with you a story about when I got really, really angry at my boss. It was a Christian counseling center. It was a boss. It was a Christian counselor. Mm -hmm. I was so angry and I want you to picture two different outcomes of this story, depending mm -hmm. on how I decide to handle my anger. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because this is important, but let me tell you the two, the two, the story. And then you tell me what the ending was. Mm -hmm. All right. So I was a Christian counselor. I was working part-time in an office where my boss didn't have a high value for women counselors. So mm -hmm. I was only allowed to counsel uh, women. I wasn't supposed to cu counsel couples or men. I was okay with that because I was just working part-time. I didn't agree with him, but I was willing to submit to his leadership. He was the boss and I was working there. It's only working two days a week. So I come into my office one day and my office is completely dismantled. Like everything in my drawers is in a box. Everything on my walls is in a box on the floor. And I go out to the office and I said, what happened in my office? 
And so she said, he hired a full-time person and he gets that office. You get to use that back office, you know, whenever you come in. Now, I could understand that if they hired someone full-time and they wanted the bigger office and all of that, that was totally not anything I should get angry about. What I was angry about is that he just threw my stuff in a box and he didn't even tell me that he hired a full-time person mm -hmm. and that he was even looking, not that I wanted the job, but that he was looking for a full-time person. He hired another man. I was so mad. My temperature went from zero to 10. I was shaking. I was so mad. Mm. So how does this story play out? What did I do? Well, I had two choices. I could march in and give him a piece of my mind, which I was very tempted to do. And I probably would have said things that I regret in ways that I would have regretted and ways that would have made me look like a fool, right? Mm. Like a raging maniac fool, because that's how I felt inside. Not a fool, but I felt like a raging maniac. I was not just mad. I was furious, right? Um, and so that's not what I did. What I did was I told them I had to go home, that I was not feeling well. <laughs> and I was not feeling well. <laughs> Cancel all my appointments. I went home that day. I sobbed my eyes out. Mm -hmm. I was so hurt because mm -hmm. I was disrespected. Mm -hmm. I sobbed my eyes out. I spent the next two or three days writing awful letters to him. Mm -hmm. Everything I wanted to say, I said. Of course, I didn't send it but I processed all my feelings. Mm -hmm. I talked it out loud mm -hmm. to myself over mm -hmm. and over what I wanted to say. And then the next week I went back in mm -hmm. and told myself. Now, how do you imagine the story ended differently? When I honored myself first, but I still addressed the problem. My anger was telling me something's wrong and it was wrong. It was wrong. And I had to deal with it. But if I had dealt with it in a reactive kind of way, I don't think he would have heard me. Really? I think he would have said, I think she needs to go. Right? She's not even competent to counsel. She can't control her own feelings. But I did manage my feelings. Not well. I got out the door in time to like vomit in the car on the way home. But I did control myself. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't stay there working. I had to call in sick. I, I'm sick. I got to go home. Mm -hmm. And... I dealt with it. Mm -hmm. But do you see how the story ends? So I talked to him. I didn't cry. I had already worked through my emotions. I was afraid I would bawl when I told him. I told him how I felt. Mm -hmm. I was not valued. And, and, but at the time, he said, you know, I totally blew it. I didn't, handle my, I didn't handle it well. I did hire him. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I should have told you. Mm -hmm. And I apologize. Mm -hmm. So it was the best outcome I could have hoped for from this person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I was able to handle my side of the street well. If I hadn't handled my side of the street well as an angry woman, I would have been dismissed, dis disrespected even more. Because he wouldn't have heard me. Right. He would have just seen me as a crazy lunatic woman who was probably menstruating at the time. That's how he would have seen me. Sure. sure. Does that ever happen to you? Where you just lose it? And of course they, you know cater to you in the moment, but they think that you're nuts because you didn't handle yourself well in the moment. Yeah. Leslie, one part of the story that I like about that is that you recognized in your own self how angry you were. Yeah. Right? Oh, I and was furious. <laughs> and you took care of yourself first. Yes. Right? You really, and it took days for you to take care of yourself.
It wasn't just 30 minutes and you walked back in, mm-hmm. right? You didn't just sit in the right. car and then walk back in. It took days. It took you journaling and writing it out. Mm-hmm. I take- knew that if I opened my mouth, I would vomit. I would vomit <laughs> a, a host of words. I had done that in the past in other situations, so I didn't want to do it here. I would vomit out my rage and I would humiliate myself right, and dishonor myself. Right. Even though he had dishonored me, I would dishonor myself and I didn't want to do that anymore. Right. And you took the time it took mm-hmm. to do that and walk back in and honor yourself and speak to him respectfully. What a beautiful outcome because of that really taking care of yourself. And I think that that's one of the things that we just, it's so easy, especially with anger to skip over, right? It's just one of those feelings that really has a lot of energy to it and drive and push. And it takes a lot of um, pause and a lot of, I think kind of, you know, in, in your language, these big circle, who you want it to be. You made a decision. I, I would suggest, I would say long before then of who you wanted to be in that moment. Right. And you were able to to say, this is not who I want to be. I better get myself out of here. And I also will say that I was fully prepared to leave that position if he hadn't owned what he did. So Mm. I was fully prepared to say, I'm not willing to work for someone who treats his employees this way. Yeah. Um, If he couldn't own. I'm all about forgiveness. I'm all about people mess up if they can own it. Right. So he was able to own it as long as I wasn't attacking him in the moment. You know, I mean, I expressed how I felt, but I wasn't doing it in a bullying, attacking, you're a horrible person kind of way. And so he was able to hear it and he was able to own it. And so I think that there are times that we must confront. You must confront your pastor at things he's doing or saying wrong, or you must confront your counselor or your husband or your adult child. You must talk to them about it. But if you do it, especially in the moment of its greatest intensity, um, it usually backfires on you as a woman. It might not as a man, but it usually does as a woman because we're discounted and dismissed as crazy emotional versus we have a valid point. And I'm sorry that that's our situation as, an, as a woman, that what, if we got really angry, it's less likely that we will be respected for what we say than if we can be very firm and calm when we say it. But understand that that's often the case. Right. So true. So true. Yeah. Um, and if I could share a, a moment story that um, had had somewhat of a victory as well, but um, you know, in when I was raising my children, uh, there was a there was a time when uh, we felt like you know one of my children kind of got off the reservation there a little bit, and it was fearful. I mean, some behaviors that were going on were making me very very afraid, mm-hmm. and I was responding in anger. You know, kind of how dare you, you know, and you know, just a thousand things, and responded in anger, responded in anger, and I got some feedback, not from him, but from somebody else at some point, and said that he had said my mother is so angry, <laughs> right? And I was like, what? That's you know, and I was really kind of appalled at the time. And then as I really, I think the Holy Spirit really said, you really are, you're, you're reacting in anger, you know? And so I I did not know at the time though, I knew I was fearful, but I wasn't able to make that connection of what is this, what's this anger about? I was applying it always. You're making me angry. If you would just stop what you're doing, Mm -hmm. I will be okay right? Instead of being able to pause and look at myself and say, what's driving that anger? What's driving that anger? It took me about two weeks 
to digest that thought and went back to him and really apologized for that anger and said, I really do want to do things differently going forward. And it took me a while to figure that out though. So what, how will I now respond when I'm feeling fearful? And it took me a while to do that. And I think that really for many, many years, there was a very positive outcome from me being able to control my anger and to recognize that fear was driving that anger. And so how was I going to calm myself down when I had no control on this other mm -hmm. side? Right. Mm -hmm. And so really, I love how we have to kind of transition because anger can just consume us. I mean, it'll just take over. But when we really investigate what is driving that now, how might I manage myself with that feeling? Mm -hmm. What is forming me up and how will I take control of that? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I love that you say that, Elise, because fear is often the driver of anger. So is hurt. And I yeah. remember and I shared last time that I was betrayed by a best friend of 25 years. And, you know, I was so hurt by her what she did and her response to what she did. Mm -hmm. um, I was so hurt as a friend and I was angry and um, there was no, there was no healing it. So some of you might be married to someone who there's no healing of the hurt. There's no recognition. They don't care. They don't want to apologize. They don't want to own what they've done. And, and this friend wouldn't and didn't. And it was so painful because mm -hmm. you have to accept, you don't have to, I guess, but if you want to heal, you have to accept reality. Right. And the reality is that you can't control another person. Just like, at least you couldn't control your son or I can't control my friend or you can't control your husband. And so how do you take care of you when someone has harmed you? You have every reason to be angry. Yes, you do. Or every reason to be hurt. But you don't want to stay stuck in that place for the rest of your life. Right. right, And that's what we're going to be talking about when we talk about change your story, change your life. Some of us get stuck in those stories. I was betrayed. I was victimized. I was raped as a child or I was, you know, abused or I, you know, and it's all true. It's right. true. I was true. I, I was abused as a child. And it's true. And we can get really stuck in there because we have every right and every reason to be angry. Okay. But our anger is telling us that we... In some ways, it's a good thing that we're angry, right? Because it's saying, hey, wait a minute, I am valuable, right? And that is life-saving for you. Now, the other person may not treat you like you're worth it. But because you're angry, there's something inside of you that's saying, I am worth it. I am worth it. I am worth treating decently. How dare you not treat me decently? And we keep begging them to change when in fact, maybe it's us who needs to change and not take it, but to have better boundaries of, hey, this person doesn't honor me and I'm not gonna hang out with them anymore. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that was the thing that I think made a big difference for me of really just kind of saying, I, I can only control me, right? Mm -hmm. And how did mm -hmm. I want me. I didn't want to react in that way. And it was important that I, you know, certainly had a voice and that I spoke up and that I was mm -hmm. still teaching and training and, you know, cautioning my children. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, they had to control themselves, not me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My anger was trying to control the situation. Yeah. It wasn't working. So, mm -hmm. so we've said a couple things. One is anger is not sinful. 
Our feelings are not sinful. Jesus had feelings. He had a bunch of feelings, the whole range of feelings. So how we handle those things could be sinful. And so we have to learn to have that little pause between Mm -hmm. noticing what we feel, Mm -hmm. honoring that. Wow, I am really angry. And right now, I'm not capable of handling this really well. It's so big. I'm so angry, like my story at work. I cannot speak in any good way right now. I'm just going to come out with some really bad things if I open my mouth. So I've got to go take care of me before I can take care of the situation without feeling guilty or like what's wrong with me. Just as if I knew I was sick, physically sick. If I knew I got the flu when I got to work, I'd be having to go home. I don't want to sit and try to counsel someone with the flu. so, So you have to say to yourself, I have to take care of me before I can take care of the us or the situation. Right. If I show up in just reactive mode, then it's going to wreck me and it's going to wreck us. Right. Right. And I think that was the difference between your story and my own story is that I wasn't taking care of me until I realized I needed to take care of me. And that's why I really want to invite our ladies, you know, are you taking care of yourself? Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's so easy to see the the harm or the error or the, you know, what's causing anger on the other side of us and really believe. And it's probably true if they would stop that behavior or if they would practice something different or, you know, that your your anger probably would go down. But mm-hmm. now you're putting, you know, the responsibility of, some, of your emotions in somebody else's hands, which that's not their responsibility. It's your responsibility. And so that taking care of, you know, now that I know (laughs) from experience, you know, to take care of me first. And, and there's a phrase that we all kind of know familiar, you know, practice makes perfect. And I want to, you know, we kind of know that's not true, but practice Mm -hmm. does make permanence, right? And we can begin to practice taking care of ourselves. And the more we do that, the easier it becomes. We, the more we recognize, whoa, I'm really mad, (laughs) How do I take care of myself right now so that I have the strength and wherewithal to show up really as, as God's created me to show up and in my in the best way I want to show up. And I can show up very firm. You know, that may be another the lowest level of anger, you know, kind of a firm voice, um, you know, not timid, not shy, not I can show up assertively, not aggressively, but assertively you know, and express myself without tipping the edge, without really being angry. Mm-hmm. And so, and sometimes, so oftentimes we only kind of have two gears, either I'm soft or I'm loud. Right. And so really that I'm, I'm glad that we did this scale of feelings around anger, mm-hmm. that really there is a lower scale and it works up to this. And can we recognize that? You know, frustrated, starting to work up, right, into towards higher anger. And so what is that frustration really telling me? And mm-hmm. can I take care of myself? Can I pause? Can I practice pausing? Can I practice notice what's going on and then choose what I'm going to do next? And, you know, your story really goes through those three motions of being able to do that. You've heard us talking a lot about Empowered to Change recently. Well, there's a reason. Because Leslie and her team care about you and what's happening in your life. We want you to be confident in handling hard things and living from your core values. That's why you should join the small group coaching community. So you'll become the hero of your own story and stop living like a victim. 
so you'll figure out what's keeping you stuck and how to stop reacting out of your emotions. Empowered to Change is a catalyst to real change in your own life and in your relationships. Go to leslievernick.com forward slash empowered to sign up. I remember, at least you're talking about parenting. I remember one time my son got under my skin and he, you know, teenagers, as they do, they can get under your skin. And he was just mouthing off to me. And I just said, you know, I mean, I didn't curse him out or anything, but I said some hard things back. And he said, mom, you're the one who's supposed to be the Christian counselor. And, you know, he was right. He yeah. was calling me out. He was yeah. the kid and I was acting like the kid right back. Right. Yeah. And so I allowed my emotions to hijack my values that I want to be a good parent, that I want to be a godly woman, even when I'm furious. Right. Even when I'm furious. Right. right? Because it happens to all of us, the best of us. Right. Our emotions can hijack our values. And when that happens, we end up doing or showing up in a way that we feel bad about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Just like if you have the value that you want to be a faithful spouse. Right and you end up having a one night stand with someone, mm -hmm. you're not gonna feel good about that. Your emotions hijacked your mm -hmm. values. Mm -hmm. And whenever you made you decide to do that, you don't feel good about you. Right. You do not, you cannot, when your emotions hijack your values. If you keep acting that way, you're gonna end up feeling like I'm not a godly woman and what am I doing with my life? This is crazy. Right. And so it really does impact your story. And so we want to teach you how to unpack that and how to really learn to press pause and notice. Right, right. That's so we've got some questions here, Elise. Yeah. And so I'm going to move to questions. I'll start reading the first one and give you the first chance to answer. How do okay. I release anger from my body in a healthy way when the body keeps the score from overload in my mind and heart? Oh, gosh, that's good. You know, I think there are a few ways kind of quick and simple. One is that, you know, breathing, really pausing and being able to give yourself a breath and, and really kind of lower <laughs> that intensity of your nervous system being hijacked. And that breath work will do that, you know, kind of simple breath work. And and honestly, I think so oftentimes and and I'm not sure that I do this as much as I would like to do it, but really beginning to pause, pressing pause and being prayerful in this moment being aware and being prayerful and not, you know, and so just two simple things can really change the whole thing. And I think basically what we're saying, you have to pause and then participate in something different than getting hijacked prayer, mm -hmm. um, breathing, something that will calm your nervous system back down. Yeah. And I would say releasing anger from your body in a healthy way. So I would say running on a treadmill as mm -hmm. fast as you can, you know, so that you're releasing that, fury yeah. if it's if it's that high if it's that if that if it's not just irritated sure. irritated you can do with breath work you can you know you can release it that way but if it if you're in the fury mode um i will walk really fast as fast mm -hmm. as i possibly can or run in place mm -hmm. as fast as i can um i might um breathe out like <laughs> like that really so you're just purposely rebalancing the oxygen in your body or you're re releasing some of that mm -hmm. anger's tension that mm -hmm. your body is holding so that you can think more clearly mm -hmm. um cold water just put your hand plunge your hands into ice water that will help you just to kind of calm your nervous system down so those would be a couple things and then i find it helpful to write 
I have all kinds of letters to people that I've written that I would never send in a million years. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm a very verbal person and I need to get it out. Mm -hmm. And so for me to just get it out and, and I don't have to pretty it up. I don't have to worry about how they're going to feel because I'm not going to send it. I just need to get my feelings out. Um, that And sometimes I never even reread it. I just, I just need to get it out. Mm -hmm. Those would be some ways to help your body um, release that so that you can just mm -hmm. calm down um, and then and then respond. How are you going to handle this situation mm -hmm. yeah. from a better place? Yeah. The other thing I've done is I've broken pencils. I'm just breaking pencils, just like, <laughs> you know, um, has sort of helped me feel like I'm using that energy mm -hmm. in a way that's not hurting anything but the pencil, I just throw them away. But mm -hmm. those would be some ways that you can do that. So what ways do you get rid of that energy that's so physically, what do you do to help your body get rid of that rage inside? Sometimes people may not be as loud there. You know, I think we need to let that energy out. Um, so for some people, just take a quiet walk. We'll just begin to release it. You know, mm -hmm. so people mm -hmm. need to go to a calmer place. Mm -hmm. So I hum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like that. Um, Lisa Turkhurst and I were listening to some music that she listened to when she was going through her divorce and she was yeah. really upset about some things. And she had some pretty strong songs that she would listen to about, you know, the narcissist and, you know, it's not going to get the best of me and the fight song and, you know, all those kind of things. And she would just walk fast and she would sing and she would, you know, sing in some worship songs where you could just sing your heart out. And they weren't necessarily praise songs. They were just help. Uh, and just surrender songs, but getting your voice to right. sing can count, calm your parasympathetic nervous system down a little bit. How much do I let my children ages zero to six see my anger, which is a reaction to their dad's toxicity? How honest should I be about their dad's hurtful behavior? Mm, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. um, well, one, I would, I would always want to try to put a lid on just real anger around, especially around small children. I don't think they know to manage, you know, the fear of what's happening to mom. Um, so, you know, it, it, to the best of your ability, I would, you know, try to keep it low. Um, and certainly just like anything age appropriate. Um, I don't think small children can really understand that the dynamics going on with adults oftentimes. And so, um, you know, but they do understand being angry you know, that's why they hit their brother and their sister or they take toys or, you know, things like that. So maybe we can express in very, very small ways, you know, mommy and daddy aren't always happy with one another, but we're okay, you know, to the best of, you know, what, what could be truthful. Um, mm -hmm. but again, that's small of age. I think we want to, we want to do it very age appropriately and very, very, very small things. I mean, mm -hmm. their maturity level is very, very low. And so what is it? Small, mm -hmm. small heads on small shoulders. So mm -hmm. yeah. they don't have big shoulders yet. So and they can't carry that. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to get angry in a way that would frighten them. Right. I think that's really the key. Um, their dad may be already doing that, but you don't want to lie and pretend either. So right. there's, this, there's this fine balance. And that's why it's so important that you take care of you so right. that you have a place to unload some of that and express some of that. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to say everything is great. And we're just, you know, you don't want right. to lie to your kids in that they they would be totally shocked that there's a family problem, but you don't want to be hysterical and throwing things and, you know, angry and cursing up a storm to their dad either in front of them. So I think there's that balance of saying, you know, daddy hurt my feelings and I'm going to go in my bedroom and take some time to talk to God. Right. So appropriate 
or, you know, daddy just upset me right now by something he said and or something he did. And mommy's got to go calm down. I got to go take a time out. So you're actually showing them by healthy self-care and honesty right. that people do upset us. And when people do upset us, we need to take care of ourselves so that we don't do something stupid in the process. And so you're modeling for them really good self-care and really good boundaries of what you say and what you don't say. And without saying all that, you're showing them. And so they'll they'll not forget that if later on when they're 10, you have to say, daddy and I are getting divorced. They're going to mm -hmm. remember that, yeah, mommy's been having a hard time with daddy for a long time, mm -hmm. off and on. Not, oh my gosh, mom, I thought you were so happy. How could you want to leave dad? We heard such a good family. They won't have that shock factor because you've tried so hard to be, you know, the the pretend Christian woman who has the happy smiling face and everything's fine, even though you're dying inside. So, so you really want to be honest as age appropriate in appropriate ways um, when you can. My sons are nine and 12. And so I think the same thing goes. I mean, they're certainly, we have a little bigger shoulders and a little, you know, mm -hmm. so they can mm -hmm. see more, they're more mature, they know. But again, back to age appropriate. And I love what Leslie said is this self-care piece. Like, how do I take care of myself? you know, so that I can take care of them, you know, the children well, right. And so taking care. And that's really part of the great commandment is that we would love others, you know, as we love ourselves. And so God is saying, please take care of yourself so that you can love others, whatever the situation mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And I think that like Elise said, they're going to get angry with each other at times. And so when you show them and model them, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I, even I feel angry at you right now, you just disobeyed me and you were playing with the ball and now you broke my light. And I'm kind of angry at you right now. And mommy's mm -hmm. going to go take a time out so I can calm down before I discipline you. Right. You so that they're, they're mo you're modeling for them that, yes, we feel angry. And that doesn't mean we just flip out and start acting like an animal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you teach your children that you model that for your children so that when they feel angry at their sister, they might say, you're making me mad right now. I'm going to my room and calming down. Right. And that would be a win. That would be a win if if they could begin to do that and take responsibility. You're not responsible for what the other person did, but you are responsible for how you handle it. Right. And I think this is the disconnect. I think so often in our culture, we feel because someone did something wrong, we have license to act out. Mm -hmm. And how we act out matters and it matters to our personal integrity and our authenticity and our values. And it matters to the other person. And it can actually cause a lot of damage, cause a lot more damage than already has been caused. You know, I mean, Leslie, you were saying that I think so oftentimes when there's so much tension between, you know, husband and wife, two adults, is that we get so fearful about the children seeing things and there's certainly things that they shouldn't be seeing but this can really just really what you were demonstrating is can be a, a beautiful opportunity to begin to teach children about conflict resolution right and how to take care of ourselves how to resolve conflict and right the things that we need to do instead of always kind of hiding them from that and pretending right now two-year-olds aren't really, you know, but well, two-year-olds are pretty emotional. So maybe we can you know, be doing it with two-year-olds as well. But so oftentimes when we're, you know, working with clients, here's so much protection. And certainly as a mother, we're going to do that. But also I want to build strength. Like, okay, this is a situation. How do I teach them how to manage themselves in this hard situation? And it's hard. 
Yeah, I've always been a believer at telling our children the truth, um, mm -hmm. but but not the whole truth. And, and right. what I mean by that is, so if you're upset about something, it would be better for you to admit it and to say the bare bones of what you're upset about. You don't have to tell the whole story like, oh, I just got diagnosed with breast cancer. Maybe you're not ready to say that. But if you've just gotten a health scare and you found a lump in your breast, and you're crying and your kids go, mom, what's wrong? And you go, nothing. I just got onions in my eyes after cutting them. You know, you don't want to lie to them. So if you just found a lump in your breast and you're crying and they catch you doing it, you say, you know, mommy's a little scared about something and I feel a little bit nervous and I'm going to call the doctor and make sure everything's okay. Maybe that's about as much truth as you need to tell them right then. Right. But you've told them the truth. Right. Right. You've owned your feelings. You've defined them for them. And you told them what you're going to do. You're not falling apart in front of them, but you, since they've caught you sharing or expressing an emotion, maybe that you didn't intend for them to see, you do mm -hmm. want to explain that to them. Because mm -hmm. if you don't explain it to them, guess what they're going to do? They're going to make up a story in their head as to why you're feeling that way. And they're going to say, well, mom's mad at me because I didn't help her today. Mom's mad at me because they don't know why you're mad or why you're sad. Right. It'd be better to give them a story that's true, even if it's not in full technicolor true, it's true, and let them know why. I'm sad right now because daddy and I had a fight. You know how when you get in a fight with your friend, you feel sad? Well, when daddy and I get into a fight, we, I get sad too. You don't have to talk about what it's about. You don't have to say, I hate him and I'm on the verge of leaving. You don't have to say any of that. Right, right. But you can say, you know, daddy and I just had disagreement. And sometimes when people disagree with things, they feel sad inside or they feel mad inside. And that's what I'm feeling right now. You're giving your children a vocabulary and de-shaming the very reality of relationship issues and right. emotions, right. right? which is all good parenting, even if it's hard stuff. Um, so let's do last one. How do I guard my heart without it being misinterpreted as being angry? I attend the same church as my husband. We are in the process of a divorce. I'm mm -hmm. not angry anymore, just not overly friendly. So my question to you would be, are you concerned about them misinterpreting it or are you not sure what the difference is? Yeah. Because you can't control what they think. Right. Obviously, if you could control what they think, you probably wouldn't be going through a divorce, right? Um, so they're going to think what they want to think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But how, how do you process what mm -hmm. you're doing in terms of guarding your heart versus you're saying, I'm not angry. So do you feel comfortable with that? Or are your pastors questioning that? I mean, what, what's the rub here? Why would you be overly friendly if you're going through a divorce with someone? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't go together. Any thoughts, Elise? There's a place when, just when it says guard your heart, there's just protection in that very word guard, right? And so for some people, guarding their heart is to, is to get quiet and to get still and to, you know, we're, we're not going to shell up that we don't speak, but to guard our heart may be that we are quiet for a while. And so that we have time to care for ourselves. I don't know how to answer all the questions. You know, I don't know what to say to everyone. I don't know how to. So I'm going to, you know, guard my heart and protect myself and, you know, potentially be a little quieter than I normally have been. But I'm okay. And I think one of the things that you brought out at the beginning was that, that it, from her question, it did sound like she was afraid of what others were saying. Right? Mm -hmm. That good old fear of man <laughs> that mm -hmm. snags us every time. And I'm so glad that you noticed that. 
you know, of being afraid of what others are thinking and where they're staying. Mm -hmm. And we really encourage you. I mean, I think that that's a, a good thought and it's something we could be aware of, but we don't want to let it control us. I want mm -hmm. you to to care for yourself and guard your heart. Yeah, and then we can think of guarding our heart in lots of different ways. And so I think of guarding your heart against anger, against you know bitterness and resentment, which is anger. We've talked about anger, what is it telling us? And we wanna deal with it because if we don't deal with it, it does harden. It hardens into resentment and bitterness. And that, that begins to deform us. Anger isn't the sin, but resentment and bitterness can be because we didn't deal with our anger. And so guarding our heart against holding on to anger too long or not forgiving or all the things that God tells us to do. So we guard our heart, not just against someone else, but we guard our heart against going against our values. Um, and so I think that it's important for us not to feel like we have to defend that. The Bible tells us above all else, do it. So if someone doesn't understand or questions that to say, you know, the Bible tells me to guard my heart and that's what I'm doing. I'm going through a very tender time right now. If I were in surgery, if I had heart surgery, I would guard my heart. I would have bandages over it. I wouldn't be letting someone, you know, hug me hard. I would be guarding my heart because it's sensitive. It's tender. It's just been through surgery. It's been through trauma and I'm going to protect it so that it can heal. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you need to justify or explain that to people. I don't think anybody in their right mind would expect you to be open and transparent with someone you're going through a divorce with. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. doesn't mean you're not going to be kind or polite mm -hmm. and superficially friendly if you bump into each other, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you're going to go out of your way to have any kind of conversation with this person who's injured you. And so, or that you're in a, you know, in a conflict with through divorce. And so I think that we have this idea in our Christian world, if we're going to be authentic, we have to be transparent. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's true. So I'm just going to use my clothes as an example. So I am wearing the clothes I want to wear. These are clothes I like to wear. I'm never going to get on Facebook naked ever, ever, ever. Only one person gets to see me that way. <laughs> it's not you guys, okay? So, and I don't even like him to see me that way these days because you feel all saggy and old. But, but what I'm saying is, you don't give everybody access to you, right? Yes. So I wear the clothes. They're genuine clothes. They're my clothes. I like these clothes. I'm not dressing up in a costume, pretending I'm somebody I'm not. Yeah. I'm authentic, but I'm not naked. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm okay. not naked. And I don't think that's a sin. I don't right. think that's a sin. And I don't think you need to feel at all apologetic for wearing clothes in, right. in church right. with other people. And you can still be real and authentic and right. still have a guard around your body. Right. right. Well, discretion, <laughs> for sure. I love your examples. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. So, and I tell people, don't don't take off all your clothes. Right. Everybody, right? That makes you way too vulnerable. Really. Way too I use the expression, open up the kimono, right? And so, <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah. opening up the kimono, like, and letting everybody see that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's reserved for, you know, for safety. The most trusted, safe relationship. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't do that with everybody. And so obviously if you're getting a divorce, this relationship has been fractured. There isn't trust or safety. You know, this guard your heart is such a beautiful scripture. Mm -hmm. Really 
you know, I mean, we, there's a, a lot of meaning that we can, different meanings that we can apply to it, but it is a place of safety and, you know, and protection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And God says, you know, do it. It's the wellspring of life. Don't give it away. Yeah. Right? And don't, and don't, don't allow yourself to be guilt tripped. Right. Exposing. Right yourself to everybody just like you wouldn't feel guilty if someone said oh i think you're so selfish you won't give me your atm card and the password why not what's wrong with you i thought you were a christian you wouldn't think anything of that person like what are you trying to make me feel guilty for that right but yet emotionally we make people make us feel guilty if we're not willing to be naked in front of them and we're not we shouldn't be i hope this is you know giving you a, an opportunity to really say oh wow i can do this and not be near afraid of, of anger when I have that feeling. Mm -hmm. no, now there's, some, there's somewhere to go with it. I know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. I can evaluate it. I can pause. I can take a look at it. Say so what and notice, what is this telling me? You know, as women, we're afraid to be angry women, you know, so we just keep stuffing and stuffing and stuffing instead of saying, hey, what is this telling me? And saying, it's just an emotion and I need to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're afraid of other people's angry anger right. too. And for sure, it's unpleasant. It's yeah. unpleasant in an in, in, in angry interaction with people. It's unpleasant. And, right. and I think if we can stay calm, the Bible's true. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up strife. And so if you've ever been in an angry episode with someone and they're angry and you're angry that they're angry and they're angry at your anger and it just <laughs> kind of escalates. Right. And so, you know, I've been in, in stores where you're cranky and you're, you're snarky to the clerk and they're snarky back and that doesn't help. <laughs> You get snarky back and they get snarky and it just gets worse and worse and worse or your kids or your husband. And so right. if we can control our side of the street mm -hmm. and respond with compassion, curiosity, gentleness to their anger, it usually can de-escalate the situation. It doesn't mean that what's wrong isn't wrong, but it means that you can talk about it in a civil way. All right. Thanks, Elise. Appreciate you. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Friend, if you are hanging on to every word of this podcast because you struggle with anger, or just find yourself regularly breaking down in some way with the difficulties of life, go to leslievernick.com forward slash empowered. You'll find a community to come alongside and truly help you grow into the woman you want to be, the woman you were created to be. Again, that's leslievernick.com forward slash empowered. Until next time, may God bless your mind, your heart, and your home.